and welcome everybody to another bangers and classics podcast uh, that's with me james ruppert and him david malloy and uh, what have you been up to david not much i'd like to, to no? publicly share no oh, right. and specifically i'm not going to tell anyone uh, no. about having to get someone to open the door without a key well, no you don't do that it was a component failure but that's not the point mm. so, you know, i haven't seen many classic cars what about you? Have you seen much in the way of well, exciting cars? Uh, well, actually, a really exciting one, and uh, it only lasted for um, uh, a very short time. It was briefly seconds, but um, it was a proper uh, a V8 um, uh, Vantage um, Aston Martin. Um, oh. It was red, yeah, and it was uh, it, it was behind the old uh, lorry Land Rover uh, for a few moments, and as I was going somewhere, and I had to turn off the road. But it was, yeah, it was right up. Behind me, it was a magnificent thing, filled the uh, rear view mirror. So that was terribly exciting. So whoever you were, you were off to do something interesting and um, uh, in a very interesting car, obviously doing about two miles to the gallon at the time. Well done. Yeah. It was. Would this be an Oscar India yeah. version, James? I would, yes, I would have said so. Even though I looked at it briefly, uh, I can tell when one's behind me, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it looked good. It was uh, uh uh, a magnificent beast and uh, i've just caught the side profile as it uh, went past as uh, i was going the other way but uh, yeah it was lovely you know so, why they're called yeah. oscar indias no i've got no no idea it was because they were introduced in october so oi stands for october mm. introduction they oh, came on right. instead as oscar indias oh that's good yeah uh yeah. i think that applied to the whole v8 range uh, mm. it was a revamped version introduced in october and that was where it came from that's yeah. what i'm told anyway which yeah. could be a load of nonsense or or i could have made it up i mean who knows well, there you go. I like the sound yeah. of that, though. Yeah, it, it does. It seemed a bit strange. Why not just call, why not just call it the Mark II or something or yeah. whatever instead of oh, why Oscar India? It just it sounds a bit odd. It's a, well, it's, it's a lot cooler though, isn't it? Um, no, no, I don't. No. I don't oh, okay. No, no, not for me. I think it's a bit uh, a bit naff. If I'm, if I'm absolutely honest, oh, right. I've always thought it was a bit naff. But that's just me. Yeah, and people are used to that from me. You know, not mm. not going with the flow. No, that's fair enough. No, no. Anyway, so we have a banger, a classic to attend to. Oh, do we? Oh, I'm afraid so. Oh, right. And it's not an Aston Martin. Oh, dear. Lovely though the V8 Vantage is, and yeah. it is a beautiful car. Mm. Uh, there's some positivity for me about a car this week. Yeah. That it's a gorgeous car. But what we have here is a car, well, you might like, you might not. It's the original Ford Escort XR3, and not mm. the XR3i. This yeah. is the original one which I think came out in 81 and announced in 1980. Obviously, it's a hatchback front-wheel drive version, James. Yeah. What do you make of it? Or what did you make of it? Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was was the car of its time. Um, uh, I've, I've always been slightly underwhelmed by them, personally. And uh, uh, when I uh, ran GTIs, obviously, I wouldn't I wouldn't look twice at an XR3. XR3 seemed like a – I know we're not talking about the XR3, but, uh, yeah – uh, so it, it always for me it was a very ordinary car. Uh, I don't think I drove very many at all. I certainly never uh, bought one. I'm a terrible badge snob, as you know, David. And uh, yeah, for me, I, yeah, it was just a it was just a basic uh, family car, a very a very efficient one, um, very good value, and uh, sort of easy easy to keep running. All the people I knew who had them, uh, they were pretty reliable, and um, if you wanted to fix them, they were cheap enough. Um, but yeah. It's um, a basic small family car, which uh, outsold all the others, pretty much. So um, We are yeah. talking about the XR3, though. 
Oh, we're talking about the XR3 now. I thought we weren't talking no, about No, 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 no. Oh, no. right. No, shall, oh, we yeah. start, shall we start again? No, you can see. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just know it. I mean, <laughs> all it is, all it is, it's a basic, it's a basic escort with, now I did, I, I saw an awful lot of XR3s because I actually, in the, uh, in the 90s, I did work for several Ford ma magazines. So uh, I saw an awful lot of them uh, up close. And probably that was at, at their crumbliest period where actually they were, quite cheap to buy which they're not cheap to buy anymore um so um yeah they're okay um it isn't it isn't a golf gti is basically all i have to say on the subject so it's a bit like you and mx5s david mm. um yeah i'm sort of underwhelmed by it all okay you know and there are some uh special ones uh but uh, uh it's not special enough for me oh right well Okay, that. that's why he's a contrary of you, though. Yeah, I mean, the X R three originally four speed gearbox only mm. five speed came along. Yeah, the one point six liter CVH engine as launched, it had the carburetted engine, mm. not yes, fuel injection. Came with the X R three I, and they put out you know a whopping ninety six brake horsepower. <laughs> uh, it did have shorter gearing because of the lower final drive ratio. It had stiffer suspension than the standard car. Pirelli P sixes. Uh, obviously three door and very nice alloys. Uh, I did like those. Mm. Uh, I have to say, I prefer it to the Golf GTI. Oh, I always, I, I, out loud. I always have done. What's the, Golf, the point? The Golf's are boring, James. <laughs> I I remember <sighs> my my first experiences with a Golf was uh, friends, folks at, at his and her Golfs, and you know I was in them quite a bit. We used to go to swimming pool, etc. Um, I, I was taken along to be thrown in. Uh, to deep end, even though I couldn't swim, yeah. uh, I just didn't like them. I thought they were somewhat Spartan, hard riding cars. I just didn't get the whole thing. They made, they were well screwed together, but you know, it's also a Tonka toy. I just did not ever get the love for them. I did like the Shiwako. I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. The best that was the best use of a golf ever was a Shiwako. Uh, but no, I, I never took the golf. The exactly, I liked. Uh, sort of every man appealed to it, but. I think it was a better looking car than the, the Golf GTI. What? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the detailing was nice. In, the integrated <sighs> spoiler was nice. The wheels were nicer. It just looked sportier. I think it actually handled better. Oh, the, about that. oh it, it did. Yeah. Uh, but what had wider tires? It had uh, wider tires, and uh, you know, Ford generously and carefully uh, originally gave it uh, P6 tires, which gave it an advantage over the the items fitted to the Golf. So it would definitely grip harder than a GTI. It had a lot less power than the, you know, I think it was 16 horsepower down on the Golf. The Golf, if I remember correctly, at that period had a 1.6 injection engine. And obviously Volkswagen got so scared that they had to up it to 1.8. And it still wasn't any great shakes. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I genuinely uh, prefer, prefer the XR3, uh, XR3 to the Golf GTI. I think the original is best. I know later versions uh, with the fuel injection, etc. You know, were a bit more refined, probably a bit faster. Uh, but no, the original for me is best. Oh, right. For me, the original is a great little car, and I would have to say, yeah, it's a, it's a classic. I know you may well disagree, James, and you have the right to be wrong, of course. Well, it is a classic, David, um, because of uh, you know sort of sales and impact and and so forth. But you know. Uh, it certainly wasn't a better car than a Golf. I mean, there's only only mad uh, mad dogs and Scotsmen would uh, uh, have that sort of view. 
Oh, no, I, I think you'd probably find that most Scottish people would probably agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's because they're mad. I'm they're sensible. Mad. Absolutely. Yeah, they're all mad. Yeah. I'm, I'm the sensible one, mate. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I, I just I just never got the golf. Possibly it's also a yuppie thing as well. Uh, uh, yuppies drive them. Um, that for me was bad enough. Anyway, my hot hatch back in the day uh, wiped out the two of them. They were far better than either car. It was oh, a ready to live in turbo. Hmm. Now, there was a there was a cracking little car. But anyway, XR3, classic. We both agree on that. Uh, I would have one, I suspect you would say, uh, no thanks, I'd rather have a cup of tea. Uh, no, I don't need one, thanks, David. I'm uh, quoting Boy George. I miss quoting Boy George. Yeah. You die end of the 80s, you forgot that. Oh, no, I did. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know that you were, you know, that, uh, that's the first time I've heard you quote Boy George, but there you go. That's probably the first and only time I'll ever well, quote Boy right. George. Well, I mean, you yeah. did say to me that time, do you really want to hurt me? And I said, actually, I do, David. But, no, so I didn't, luckily, no, no. Luckily, we're separated by several hundred miles at the moment. So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm trying to think of a culture club song to hit you back with, but I really don't know many of them. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I did. Yeah, I did work. I did work with a bloke who went to school with John Moss, who was the drummer. Of, uh, all right. Uh, then and he said he was a nice bloke. Gotta go, David. I must. We'll take a break, and that, that's that's the bell ringing for a break. You're listening to Bangers and Classics, the motoring podcast that's more unreliable. The 1974 Austin Allegro, built on a Friday. Okay, so we're now back after the break, and Mr. Rupert and I have sorted our differences out over the Volkswagen Golf and the XI3. I, the, I don't the, know about that. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. This is this. This could be the last Bangers and Classics podcast day. That is not what you said off air, James. You said well, I was right. The XI3 is a far superior product, but you yeah. can never admit that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I, sure I, everybody believes you, but there you go. Oh, I have a witness. I, I have a, I have a cat. Mind you, he's sleeping, but he hears everything. He will back me up if I give him some fish or something, I suppose. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're going to talk about a film. Mm. Just because, yeah, I think we should. And yeah. It's a film that I rather like, and I think you've not seen. Well, you've told me about it. You've told me about it several times, and obviously you've, you've told me so that I go and see it or, you know, or mm. get it out or whatever, and obviously I haven't done that. So, uh, yeah. I I'm very late with my homework. You know, the dog ate my homework. So uh, yeah. So oh, tell me. So tell tell me all about it because it, oh, it, it just sounds like a very parochial and uh, sort of quite boring film, David. I hope you put me right. Oh, it's not parochial at all. It's no? set in Edinburgh in the 1980s. It filmed in Edinburgh mm. in the 1980s. Came out, I think, in 85. Filmed probably 84. Mm. And it's a film called Restless Natives. Yeah. And it's a story of two young underemployed chaps who decide to start robbing tourists using a motorbike. Right. Filmed in Edinburgh in the Highlands, and not even not necessarily all in the Highlands, there's some of it look uh, Goylehead, places like that. It, the cinema's really very good, and there's an absolutely stonking a soundtrack by a big country. Oh, that's good. Yeah, brilliant soundtrack. There's a story about that. They were going to record a soundtrack in Glasgow, and Bruce Watts, that's home in Dunfermline. There's a knock on the door, and Bruce opens it, and the chaps have come up from London. I'm Jeff, so come on in, you come. And takes him through to the lounge, chatting away, and he realises, he says, oh my God, you're Jeff Emmerich, aren't you? You're engineered the Beatles. Yeah, that's right. He says, hang on a second. So he runs through to the kitchen and says to his wife, Nick Denta co-op, get some good biscuits. We can't sell them that one band stuff we've got. And as Bruce watched himself, it tells that story on the recently released special edition uh, Blu-ray. And I think it was also in the DVD version of the film. But it's a very funny film. It's gentle humour, a little yeah. bit like a Bill Forsyth film, possibly not quite as funny, but it's a very good film. And 
If you like cars, well, there's plenty of old cars to see in it. You've got uh, Nanette Newman and her husband appear in an early scene, uh, and I think it's a red Ford Sierra Estate. Uh, be quite an early one because it's 84. There are Ford Escort Mark II Panda cars, which, of course, oh, yeah. were everywhere in the 80s. Mm. Uh, there's lots and lots of other cars. The Mercedes Limo at one point. The it's a Japanese film crew who bizarrely come over to film the bandits uh, and involved in a, in a chase in their Suzuki SJ410s, uh, oh, which is sorry. which is the best use a Suzuki SJ410 was ever put to. Let me assure you. Mm. And the the lads themselves use a Suzuki GP125 bike uh, as their main form of transport. Uh, it's a very very good film, and it's a, you can see it's a summary film. International cast, the, one of the protagonists is uh, a chap from America, from an organisation called the Central Intelligence Bureau. I wonder what that was supposed to be. Uh, eh, James? No, I have no uh, idea. Neither do I. But it's a good film. Um, definitely well worth seeing. Enjoy it for the, the visuals, the soundtrack, the humour, and, of course, the old cars. I thoroughly recommend it. Particularly if you like the earlier Bill for size stuff, like Gregory's Girl and That Sinking Feeling, I think you'll very much like this. So there, there you go, James. There's one for you to watch as well, my boy. I will do, absolutely. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd better catch up with that. I might even have a spare copy of it now. You never know, I might send it to you. Oh, no. Oh, I'll, have to, <laughs> I'll have to watch it then, won't I? Yeah, like, knowing you, you'd probably move a dress or something just so it wouldn't get to you. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. Hang on, that's the, uh, that's, that's the Volkswagen Golf GTI it Owners is, Club. absolutely. We have a challenge to do this week, James. Oh, did we? Yeah, oh, well, right. I mean, contrary to rumours, it's the summertime. Yeah. Oh, right. And I thought we'd go for something a bit summery now. We could be boring and go for convertibles, but we've done that a couple of times. Have we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, the MX-5 was never selected for the shortlist. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops, sorry about that, folks. <laughs> um, not the Volkswagen Golf uh, cab really are. Whoops, <laughs> there I go again. Yeah. So we're not doing convertibles, just in case it provokes a follow row. Um yeah. So what we are going to do is classic motorhomes. All right. We should put we should take bangers and classics on the road, and because most hotels won't put up with the two with our behaviour, no, we'd probably find somewhere we'd better keep. So I thought, well, we will get a motorhome. Yeah. Um, we can spread the word from a classic motorhome. Yeah. Um, ten thousand pounds to spend. Only criteria is it has to have an MOT. Yeah. That's it. So I know what I found James, and I think it's quite a good one. All but right. I'd love to hear what you found. Would you? Not really, oh, no, but I'm just being polite. Well, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, um, yeah, I, I I didn't really uh, bother looking for one until quite late <laughs> in the day, really, uh, which is not unusual for me. Uh, but also, as you know, David, I've got a I've got a contractual thing with the um, uh, with the Bedford Enthusiasts uh, Society, so uh, I'm actually obliged uh, whenever it's a slightly commercial vehicle uh, to actually select one of their fine uh, products. And uh, uh, I've I've gone down the Bedford Rascal rabbit hole. I don't know if you've ever been down the uh, Bedford Rascal rabbit hole, but uh, they did actually make a camper van. I was evicted. Were you really? Yeah. Uh, So uh, the one that I could find, uh, it's currently on eBay, and uh, the top bid is seventeen fifty. It's only got a couple of days to run, so it it probably won't go very much higher than that. It might might do. Make up to eighteen quid. It might go up to 18 quid, but uh, no. So, yeah, 1,700 quid at the moment. Um, so, uh, uh, and I rather like those. So, you know, they're sort of cute little things. I can never understand. i tell you what, the other day, um, uh, we obviously have a lot of uh, camper vans up up our way. And uh, 
uh, I mean, someone had a, it was, a, it was, it was quite a massive, um, smart. It was a, they actually had a four door smart. I can understand those two door smarts that they tow behind, uh, camper vans, but this was a four door one. It seemed quite huge. Hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, with a, with a rascal, I don't think you could have anything. I mean, you could barely get a push bike, uh, on the back, but I, I've always enjoyed them as, uh, vans, commercial vans. I always think they're great. And uh, yeah, it's got a side sliding door. It's got the roof that pops up, so you can um, uh, sleep uh, one above and one below, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I can't think of anything better, really. And uh, it won't get in the way. And again, uh, I've lived next door to people who've got sort of camper vans and caravans, and it's basically their entire the fr- entire frontage of their house is um, full of uh, all sorts. Whereas this, um, you could uh, stick on your drive or just stick on the pavement, and uh, it wouldn't take up very much room. Right. Um, but you could, um, but you're still saving on your uh, um, hotel bills. But I couldn't think of anything better to uh, go go camping in uh, a Bedford Rascal. So uh, yeah, I don't think um, camper van. Yeah. So you, so you've gone for the Rascal, James? Yeah. I have. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, a Rascal for a Rascal, David. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I went for a van. I think it may have been produced by the people who now do the National Lottery before they did the lottery. All right. It's a Talbot Express Camelot. Oh goodness me! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, found it on eBay. Mm. £7,495 fixed price. Yeah. It has an MOT till March 2023. Yeah. It's yeah. covered 62,000 miles. Right. And it has a two-liter petrol engine. Now, if you know the Talbot Express, James, it came along I do. more yeah. or less when they stopped making the Talbot cars. Yeah. Came along, I think, in the 80s, mid-80s. And this continued to 94. This one's a little bit earlier. It was a 90 or 91. It's an H registration. It's a... Uh, Obviously, all Talbot Expresses, it started out life as a Peugeot J5. Yeah. And it was built uh, a joint Peugeot and, oh, was it, Fiat facility in Italy. Mm. Uh, front wheel drive yeah, as well. It's got four berths, you'll be pleased to know. Yeah. It's some previous advisories for minor corrosion. The seller says, however, there are only three minor rust spots on it now, one in each of the two doors, and seems to be one in the scuttle as well. It's fully kitted out, and this is very important, yeah. James. It's got a shower. Oh, wow. That's it. You yeah, know? That's and it's also got a 15-inch LCD TV. So we take along a little DVD player, Yeah. and you could watch Wrestles Natives. Goodness me. Yes, that'd be brilliant. So yeah. that's, that's that covered. Uh, I think the interior, is, I would describe it as in fair condition. Could do with a bit of freshening up, but I'm sure you'd be the man for that. Oh, you shouldn't get your, dust pan, your brush and dust pan out and sort that out for us. Possibly. And, yeah, that's about it, really. There's not much more to say. It's interesting old ran. Looks in, you know, pretty fair condition, pretty, you know, reasonably good condition. I imagine you could take it pretty much anywhere you wanted and uh, have a nice holiday in it. Anyway, there we go. That is my selection for the camper van. And on that note, we'll take a final break. Tired? Weary? Struggling to sleep? Just listen to bangers and classics and you'll pretty soon nod off. And we're back after the break. Basically, what's happened mm. during the break is that the Bedford uh, Enthusiast Club have been in touch. Have they? Appar- apparently, yeah. they've expressed a disappointment I didn't go for one of their products. Yeah. But I've asked them to be on the same deal as you, James. So. Yeah, well, I see. Uh, absolutely. Oh, hold on. Here they are. Oh, on the phone. Now, uh, I wonder what they'll think of this, James. Well, we're going to talk now. I think about Reliant. Lions. British car company. Sadly, no longer with us. Now, before mm. we start, um, there was somebody I know who yeah. was looking for either a Morris Marina mm. or a Reliant Scimitar GTE to buy. Right. 
Uh, if you have either, uh, you know, a reasonable price and reasonable condition, mm. matter of some mechanical work done, then let more because it, he genuinely is looking for one of these cars. Right. He's a chap with many cars. Yeah. And he has uh, mechanical skills, shall we say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a serious uh, request. You know, I'm not, I'm not messing around for once. No. no. Anyway, the Light and James, yeah. Yeah. Based in Tamworth, weren't they? They certainly were, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And tell me now, who was known, probably to himself, but to many people, I think, as the Bard of Tamworth, a musician? You've got, no you, you know this guy. Do I? I don't know. No, well, he's kind of unique. Julian Cope. Oh, Julian Cope. Yeah, oh. Julian Cope. In case you're wondering, younger people, Julian Cope was the front man of an 80s band called The Teardrop Explodes, who then went solo and released many albums over the years. He's a complete one-off. You'll probably dislike as many of his songs as you like, but the ones you like, you will like a very great deal indeed. I think that's probably the best way of describing him. Uh, he's a completely eccentric, one-off, but a very intelligent guy. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, he ended up living in North London because uh, a friend of mine sold him a car. So there you go. It's another another car connection uh, <laughs> on this one. Yeah, well, he was in Tamworth at least uh, mm. during the eighties and probably into the nineties. Yeah, uh, I know that much because um, a lot of his uh, Saint Julian album uh, features photographs taken around there. I think it's actually a, a map of Tamworth with various right. locations for videos, etc. Again, there's a good album for you to look at, Saint Julian. Uh, or Floored Genius Volume 1. Uh, not Floored, Floored Genius Volume 1. There are some great songs in it. Uh, I, you won't like them all, I, d I don't suppose, but the ones you do like, well, you're going to love. I can mm. I can assure you of that. And no two people will probably like the same songs. No. That's just how it was. Anyway, Reliant Tamworth. I believe they started it there in the 1930s, more or less in someone's back garden, James. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they produced, you know, fairly low volume cars. We're never a massive company. At one stage, I believe they were actually the second biggest UK owned car company. After well, British, absolutely, perfectly possible. After time. after mm. British Leyland, yeah, yeah. Um, they produced obviously three real cars. Clarkson likes to take the Mickey out of them, uh, which means there's a good enough reason to like them if he doesn't. Yeah. I think. So yeah, they also produced some really wonderful sports cars. I think James, our sporting cars. The most famous, of course, was the Scimitar GTE and later on the GTC. Um, Scimitar GTE was a, well, a lovely shooting break, favoured by none other than Princess Anne. Really? I, no, I didn't know that. No, not many people do, it no, seems. No. no, I mean, Mr. Corrigate will be straight on uh, to tell us that on Twitter, yeah. I am sure. Uh, produced over many a long year from the 60s into the 80s uh, in various versions, uh, with Ford V6 power. But there was also, there was the Sabre as well, wasn't there? Mm. Sabre came actually, before it, yeah. Mm. Uh, which is yeah. quite a pretty little thing. Yeah. They were um, pioneers, certainly in British terms, in making car bodies out of fiberglass. They adopted that, I think, in the 50s. And that meant that, for example, the Scimitar and the Sabre, they had fiberglass bodies. Yeah. They looked very, very good in it. They hired good designers. Um, I believe it was Tom Caron yeah. uh, was one of the designers yeah. he I think he did the GTC and possibly the GTE as well, James. Yeah. Uh, he also did a car that was a Reliant in all but name, mm. and that's the Bond Bug. Yeah. Because uh, Reliant bought Bond in the early 70s, and they produced the Bond Bug. Essentially, it was a Reliant. It was from a design intended for Reliant. Uh, it was initially built in Bond's old factory uh, in Blackpool, but it was very shortly thereafter I moved across to Tamworth. 
and that's what they were built. Now, the Bond bug, I think, is a Bangers and Classics favourite, I think we both have to say. Absolutely, yeah, we do like that. It's a very, very stylish car. Yep. It has three wheels or four. <laughs> well, you can Well, there was you a four wheel. There was, there was. Yeah, yeah because uh, the Webster Motor Company, yeah. WMC, I think in the early 90s, was it? Or was it the 80s, perhaps? I can't remember. But they built um, a series of four wheel Bond bugs. They call, I think they called it the WMC bug, something like that. And you know, they're great little things. They actually suit having four wheels. Yeah. They didn't make many of them because it wasn't a long lasting concern, I'm afraid. But they did make some, and Reliant did a prototype long before that. It was a prototype, I think, in the early 70s of a four-wheel Bond bug, which was a shame they never put into production, because I think that would have enhanced its appeal considerably, James. No, that's right. But there was also the Rebel as well, if you remember that. Yeah, they had so yeah. many three-wheel cars at that time and vans. That was the, the, the meat and drink. Obviously, the Scimitar was a sort of more prestige product. And then they brought out another Scimitar and another Sabre, which were, of course, were small convertibles. And I think... It was the SS1 and the SST. Yeah. I think it was the SST was given a makeover by William Towns, mm. who was a man responsible for certain Aston Martins. I think the DBS was one, and the Lagonda, Aston Martin Lagonda V8, was the other one. Yeah. And he was, I think he styled a car called the Railton. And various other vehicles, one called the Hustler as well, was a William Towns product. So you had the likes of Tom Cowan and William Towns designing cars. You would running gear. Uh, mainly bought in, but not for the smaller vehicles, for the three-wheelers and the bug. It was proprietary Reliant mechanics he used, but for the Scimitar and the bigger cars, and indeed for the later sports cars, it was all bought in mechanics. So you couldn't really go too far wrong with these, I don't think, no. James. It was a, I mean, certainly the three-wheelers, I, I I remember as being the preserve of mo- motorcyclists um, hmm. who who um, had that as their winter transport. Yeah. Um, and then in the summer, they just go back to bikes. But in the winter, on a bike license, you could drive um, uh, a three-wheeler. That's right. You didn't need a car license to drive one. No. But, I mean, the Bond bug in particular uh, became a very much a niche vehicle. And it's continued thus to this day. It's, mm. it's still very popular. In fact, I think the numbers of those on the road is actually growing well and contracting. Mm. As people find them stuck away in barns and lofts, etc., because they don't not very big and they don't weigh much. The body shells, yeah. so you could you could you could probably tuck it away in your scullery for a few years. Yeah, absolutely. But not really notice. So you had those, and then in the eighties, at some point, I think it was eighty six, eighty seven, they sold the scimitar to a company called Middlebridge, and it didn't last long there. I think it production started in about eighty eight and finished about nineteen ninety. That was sad. But in the meantime, I think Princess Anne had I think nine or something of them. Oh, really? Over the years, yeah. Mm. They should eight Reliance and one Middlebridge. And then, obviously, it was, I think they were sold, the company was sold various times over the years, and it was diminishing returns, James. They mm. got involved, I think, with Piaggio and various other ventures. And it, They did, actually. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that sort of last period where they imported loads of mm. uh, um, strange little vehicles, yeah, yeah. Ape and stuff like that. Yeah. And they moved away from Tamworth. They moved to Burton Road, James, yeah. uh, close to Tamworth Factory, which I think was sad. Because obviously they were a Tamworth company. Eventually, time, tide, and cash flow caught up with them. Yeah. And that was them. I think they've been gone for about 20 years now, something like that. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Which is a shame because they made some interesting and did some very nice cars over the piece. Definitely much, much missed. So that's Reliant. It's a very much potted history that we've done based on absolutely no research whatsoever because we've both, for different reasons, been very, very busy this week. But we thought we'd bring it to you anyway just because, well, we're idiots like that, aren't we, James? Uh, very much so. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if we could revive uh, the Reliant um, uh, mark. That would be very, very good. 
yes. uh, there was a there was actually a very good line i think in minder uh where uh he said oh i've got a, he's he's having a chat with someone on the phone and he says um yeah i've got uh, uh, a reliant for you and the chap goes oh those are three wheelers aren't they he said well normally <laughs> so <laughs> whatever that so means that, that's right whatever that means and then the conversation is obviously moves on to other things but uh, yeah that was uh, I, I do remember that quite clearly but anyway. yeah good old, good old arthur good arthur daily yeah 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 that was a good program but we'll talk maybe talk about minder and holiday and the cars yeah. of minder absolutely yeah yeah the, yeah the cars of minder yeah because mm. uh yeah i think the um uh, the capri in that is certainly um, uh, a survivor isn't it mm. um, it's a mark ii capri yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, there's another car in shot on Arthur's lot. I can't remember when it was now, but it's been suggested that Terry may have made the wrong decision in going for the Capri as his company car. Yeah. We'll have to investigate that a bit further, I think. No, absolutely. Anyway, last part of the pod is just it's a danger zone. This week's danger mobile is yeah. a car that was once seen in droves everywhere. Mm. And certainly in the UK, it's hardly seen anymore. It's a Fiat 127. Yeah. I'm told by the computer there were 119 left in the UK roads and something like 90 and so on. Yeah. So it's very, very slim pickings indeed. If we don't know what a Fiat 127 is, well, it's a very early Super Mini. came out in 1971. I believe originally as a two-door with a boot rather than as a hatch, James. And yeah. the hatch came a year later. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. Won the European Car of the Year Award. And by 1974, they'd sold a million of them. They'd made a million. Transrail Swamp Hill Drive Car. Uh, small engines, originally 903cc and 1049cc. Second series came along a few years later in 77. His main rival at that time was the Renault 5, mm. which came out, I think, a year later than the 127. They were both fine cars, slightly different philosophies, I think, behind them, but two great little super minis, and they really stole a complete march on the competition because Ford didn't bring along the Fiesta for several years thereafter. So they had the market to themselves for a little while, uh, we used to say the restyled one came along in 77, and there was a series 3 version, quite a short-lived series 3 version, which came out in 1981. Apparently it was quite well-received. only lasted until 83 when the Fiat replaced it with the Uno. Now, to my mind, James, 127 is a cute little car. Mm. It's got good running gear. It's um, Fiat's were pretty well-engineered in terms of, certainly the engines were good back in the day. Yeah. Uh, always a bit of brio to them. Good to drive. Rust protection, well, it's a 70s car. What do you expect? Yeah, you know, you've got to be bear that in mind. They all did that. Gov, lots of space for its size, very versatile. Uh, I like them, and again, there are so few left that they're in danger of disappearing from our roads mm. altogether. And that, again, yeah. as I always say, would be a damn shame. So, yeah. if you're in the market for a classic super mini, there's a great one to go for. Get a one two seven, get one that's been looked after. Just check out what he's done to the chassis and the body shell. Um, if it's been repaired, check out the repairs. And uh, if you get a good one, cherish it. And that's it, folks. Well, that's right. But but, but there is also a Yugo version, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) If you really want to... Want to make yourself suffer, but uh, I, I shouldn't think there's very many of those left. But uh, that was no. 55, 55, 65. But uh, yeah, but certainly, yeah, I'm looking at a picture in uh, in a book of the uh, uh, late model one, as you say, that was only around for a couple of years, and uh, that I don't recognise at all. I recognise the early ones really well, but the, mm. the the later ones are great big headlamps. You don't. But the, yeah. but the Yugo actually was quite was quite pretty by comparison. But there you go. I think that's us for this week, James. It's yeah. another another podcast in the bag. Will we return next week? I've no idea, James. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't plan that far ahead. 
<laughs> so yeah. we may see you next week. We may not. Yeah. Uh, if we don't, thanks for listening anyway. If we do, thanks for listening, and hope we tune in next week. Yeah, cheer everybody. I'm yeah, going to go and uh, uh, reevaluate my life and uh, the XR3. Not I think on. you should. I think you should. Cheerio. Okay. Bye, everybody.